0: The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Brutal Nation, the podcast series dedicated to listeners, serial killers, and acts of true crime. Yay! I'm your host, Scott Alexander, and right across from me is Miss Tammy Underwood. So I asked you an important question when you came Um, in. Can I say hi? Yeah, say hi.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: It's always something we
1: do. <laughs> well, you never let me say hi anymore. It's like you never You know you know our fans love me most. That's what Maritza says. Oh my god, you so fucking wish. Dude. Dude, if your ex-wife says that I'm the best one on the show, I'm the best one on the
0: she show. She said that so you didn't attack her because you look like a fucking dude, Sasquatch. she
1: said that before she even knew she was going to meet me. Now, I can and you- then she couldn't wait to take a picture with me. And, 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 and she just let you be in the background. Well, I can <laughs> say this. You must be
0: tough because your pants look like you fought a fucking bear on the Fuck way over off, here. off, dude. You're all tore up. I
1: like my fucking... Um,
0: you're, re- you're bear wrestling. I th- that's illegal in Oklahoma. Remember? We found that out. You can't wrestle bears in stress.
1: Oklahoma. They're stressed out jeans, but whatever. Oh, distressed, like- <laughs> excuse me. Distressed. I'm
0: distressed. I Jesus need to get me some Christ. more
1: jeans. I'm like looking in my fucking thing around my area, and I'm like, I cannot find a pair of jeans to save my life.
0: So you've been fucking with me for two goddamn weeks over Actually, this next one.
1: like almost three. Ever since I did jo- started Joseph Mengele, I do knew I was gonna do him next. you know how close
0: I've come to researching this myself? I'd your ass. I was... I, 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 I don't fucking even fucking out.
1: research the ones you tell me you're doing. I'm like, oh, he said he's going to do that one, so I'm not even going to touch it.
0: So today she's going to be doing Shiroishi,
1: Shiroishi, Japan. Ishi.
0: Japan. And yeah, just take it away because I got to fucking find out about ready? this. It's
1: killing He's me, fucking. He is fucking. Whoa, dude. Because we thought Joseph Mangolite was bad.
0: Right. Well, yeah. Because you know, my thing was, you know, when you're sewing twins together,
1: you uh, yeah, know, yeah, just to simulate uh, Siamese, Siamese twins. twins. Yeah. 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 You know, that, and that's uh, just. Wrong on all levels, right. and injecting people with typhus and tuberculosis. Yeah, you pregnant know?
0: women injecting them with very yeah, old and then diseases. fucking
1: stabbing the other twin who didn't die in the heart with chloroform, so that yeah, that's throwing the
0: baby in the oven. Yeah, dude. So I don't think that I, I honestly, in my heart, don't think that that Shiroishi can be. He he might be equal, but how do you get much oh, worse no, than that?
1: He's worse.
0: Get the fuck. Okay, Way take her away. Worse.
1: Okay. Um. So the brief introduction is, you know, I was kind of just talking about it um that I chose to present this case today because, you know, it does tie into, you know, the Mangalay cases. Um I guess and then I go maybe it t- more than ties in. Uh Shiro Ishii is often referred to as the Japanese Mangalay. Um he was in charge of the infinite infamous- Hold on, hold on.
0: Does that mean he came with subtitles? Probably. Like, you know, we see in the fucking martial arts yeah. movies. Godzilla uh, in Godzilla,
1: Godzilla movies. Mothra, Godzilla. Anyways, I'll never forget the Godzilla's from way back when. I've seen a couple of them lately, and I'm like, dude, we'd like that. <laughs> hey, you, no, you already know
0: I'm a huge Godzilla fan. i got yeah. Godzilla's everywhere, man.
1: Yeah. So this, uh, the Unit 731, it was known for utilizing its prisoners for the purpose of performing the cruelest experiments on them. He did this until he was captured by the U.S. government.
0: Now, when you say prisoners, was this, were these are these people that like committed crimes, or is it kind uh, no. of like the internment camps from the Nazis?
1: Um, um, it was people who I, I get into it here in a second. Um, okay, no,
0: roll on, big mama.
1: Roll on, big dad. Oh, it's not. Um, big Wheeler, I guess is what it's called. I want to give you a little background. In 1925, within a few years after the end of World War One, the Geneva Protocol was established. Okay, this prohibited countries from using any chemical or biological warfare. However, it didn't mean a damn thing to Shiro Ishii. Not one thing. Um, After graduating from university and enlisting in the Army Medical Corps, he started reading about the bans the Geneva Protocol laid out. And while reading the information, he got a bright idea. Um, so when I came across this information in my research, I pictured that moment in a cartoon when the person thinking has a thought bubble with a light bulb turns on. he's like, Ding! um, cause you <laughs> know, I'm a visual damn. thinker. So yeah. that's what I think about. It's really funny when I think cartoons for real people. Um, <laughs> he figured that they were off limits due to the potential. Well, more like actual danger they presented. Therefore, by their very dangerous nature, they most surely were the best weapons to use. Okay. That's when he began to devote his entire life to studying the most deadly science he could. Um, he did germ warfare. He um, had inhuman, <laughs> inhumane experiments on live subjects, all done in an effort to place the Empire of Japan in the top echelon when it came to world powers. Um,
0: they already are. They have Godzilla. <laughs> <I> mean,
1: come <laughs> so, on. So let's get into the story of what I call true Dr. Evil um he was born in 1892 in japan um he was the fourth son and his father was a well-known sake maker i love sake
0: i like his dad and a
1: successful landowner
0: yeah get back to the sake making no
1: no shit yo
0: dot me i
1: know we have a sake plan out in forest grove Don't even say a word. My mom's allergic to alcohol, so there you have it.
0: That's okay. I'm not because you know I can get I can get tanked, and your mom can put that Catwoman outfit on that I uh, sent you pictures of.
1: I fucking hate you because now that's all I picture. <laughs> I just Which one? The, the,
0: the more traditional one that was like- The, w- the
1: second one you sent me.
0: Yeah. The, the, the uh,
1: like really shiny pleather one. Uh-huh. Like, I'm
0: thinking of it with, uh, with that riding crop on the first one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking wrong. That's hot. Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, and his dad was also a landowner. Um, it's safe to th- say that his family enjoyed significant wealth for that time. Um, young Ishii did phenomenally well in his studies due to what some say was a true photographic memory. Oh. Um, and he did so well that he was called a potential genius, um, a pro, you know, like a protege. When Harumi, Ishii's daughter, was later interviewed, she went on about her father's intelligence. She alluded to the fact that this intelligence, if he had chosen the path, uh, would have made him remarkably successful politician. Um, however, due to the extreme patriotism he had for Japan as a whole, and its emperor specifically, he enlisted in the military at a rather early age. Um, which I think is weird, because I thought all Asian countries, because I know Korea has it, and I've heard China has it, that once a male reaches 18, they're re- re- required to be in the military.
0: A lot of countries are like that. Like Switzerland is that way, too. Oh, really? Yeah. You have to uh, join the military at 18 serve. Like I thought
1: these. Switzerland was a peaceful nation
0: who do you think guards rome it's a swiss guard
1: i understand that but well, aren't they, they, i'm like, sorry they,
0: they guard the, the vatican aren't, the aren't they South
1: like Britain. the known for the unbiased opinions
0: yeah they're a neutral country yeah, but i'll tell then you what they're...
1: the french you just are pussies. and okay. i'm sorry france you know
0: what fuck france because <laughs> let me tell you why i'm sorry france
1: pussies. well we have I'm a not... french market so not it? all of them are oh
0: gee i am so sorry to our french market I don't mean that you're party at Francais? all.
1: That's all I know. And je <laughs> yeah, Yeah,
0: You know, I know none of that shit. Do
1: you speak French and I love you? Yeah.
0: No, I don't know how to speak that shit. Yeah. I speak real language.
1: So why do I have to fuck the French? What did they do wrong now?
0: Everything. <laughs> really? How do you, you have you ever anything been specific that they've number done one, to Number one, one. When you go to France and they find out that you're an American, they treat you like garbage.
1: Seriously? Fucking dicks, Aren't man. we like their number one tourist base? Yeah, we are. French don't give a fuck. I mean, yeah. yeah. We oh, go to you oh, know, the Eiffel Tower yeah. and the Leaning fuck Tower of Yeah, fuck dude, fuck them. that shit, man. <laughs> and their bistros. God, I want to go to France.
0: I don't. Been there. Don't I want, want it to
1: I want to be a world traveler, but I can't afford it, and I hate flying. Um, Do
0: your wings get tired?
1: <gasps> shut up. <laughs> As one would expect from a model student, he performed well in the military. He towered over the average Japanese man because he was six foot tall. Can you believe that?
0: God, that's a big fucking Jap.
1: Dude, my brother is six foot two, but he's half American and he comes from, you know, we're part Dutch, which is like the tallest people in the world. Um, we're known for our height. There
0: must have been some radiation poisoning. He's like a teenage mutant tur- turtle, but like Japanese.
1: <laughs> He's a teenage mutant mutant doctor. Jesus. Um, that's um, a yeah, he was six Japanese. foot tall. So to say he was the atypical recruit is an understatement. From the first day he reported for duty, he exuded a commanding per- appearance and his uniforms like Mengele's were always spotless. He was very well groomed and he had a really deep voice.
0: Yeah. He didn't, like, talk like this. On,
1: you want number two sushi plate? Yeah, see, Something and like that's that. really, I mean, because, I mean, I'm not trying to be racist. It's, I mean, because. I am. I mean, we have to remember, I grew up in a Korean family. I was married to a Korean man. I have seen, and this could just be stereoty- me stereotyping, that a lot of Asians are short. Yeah. And they don't, they have more of that whiny, nasally voice as opposed to the deep, you know, baritone Right, well, Japanese is a
0: little bit different, because, like, in Japanese, everything is very kind God, of still- cool type of a sound. That's the only way I know how to put it.
1: Oh, yeah, they have that, like, yeah.
0: Like, like even when you're saying, like, something like, thank you, a kudosai. It's, yeah. ooh, it's very deep.
1: Konnichiwa.
0: Yeah. Konnichiwa. That's very deep. Yeah, I guess and it does have
1: that kind of guttural because I've noticed that Korean, I used to speak Korean fluently. Wish I still could. But um, it's more, I mean, everything is A or O <laughs> at the end. Yeah. A. O. A. Sorry.
0: Go ahead. My Dude, bad.
1: Don't even try to rap. It's not even funny.
0: Okay, homie. I'm just chilling over here. <laughs> She's looking for shit to throw at me now. I am looking I for can...
1: something, and that would hurt, so I'm not going to throw that. Um, as he served in the Army, he discovered his true passion. And that passion was science, more specifically military medicine. He set upon a mission to become a doctor, and he you know, wanted to be a doctor of the Imperial Japanese Army. He was accepted into the Medical Department of Kyoto Imper- Imperial University in 1916, and I've seen pictures of him back then. He was a very good-looking man. So was Mangalay, Dude, I know. Mangalay. I'm sorry, was fucking gorgeous. Yeah, he's a gorgeous man. If I man. didn't know he was SS and all that shit, I would be like, dude, he's fucking good looking. No,
0: he's good looking. No dark
1: matter- hair, dark eyes. So he wasn't your, you know, the preferred Aryan, but still <laughs> like Hitler. But yeah, very good looking. Yeah. And that's the sad part is some of these people that we're doing are very good looking people. Well, take
0: me. Th- let's go back to Homeroka she Dude, was she was beautiful she was beautiful i mean don't get me wrong she gets my sugar tits i mean award. she was a
1: fucking barbie and i probably i mean from the pictures i looked at it, i think oh she's snobbish i can picture her being really snobby
0: yeah probably but but yeah she was beautiful yeah she's gorgeous it's just she's a yeah. fucking twat
1: yeah i mean shit man you
0: know beauty's only skin deep but ugly goes straight to the bone
1: that's well and she let's got look at randy ugly. Kraft was good looking too Right. If you look at his pictures, even when he was in court being a smiling dick over the fact that he killed all these people, he fucking was very good looking. Right. Uh, Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, anyways, so, um, something else happened during the time that, oh, he, um, excuse me, he learned how to use the best medical practices during that time, as well as what constituted proper laboratory procedures. However, something else happened during this time. He went on to develop what some would classify as strange habits. That's what his old classmates said.
0: Um, how strange? Because I got some strange habits. I mean... Yeah, well,
1: you're not one to cheat, though. I yeah. mean, if you can't get it, you know, if you can't do it right yourself, you don't, like, cheat to do it.
0: Oh, like in school. No. I yeah. I you know, believe it or not, have never I n- No. Never cheated on a test. I never uh, cheated see, on an essay.
1: I had somebody anything. accuse I had a teacher accuse me because I was in this one class and this guy I was really good friends with, Spot, that's his nickname.
0: <laughs> he sat in <behind laughs> his parents didn't name him that. And
1: he was caught looking over my shoulder and they said that I was in on it too. And I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. And Spot was like, She had no idea that I was doing it. Because he came to my defense, thank God. Because I, I was a fucking good ass student. I wasn't going to cheat,
0: dude. I told you the story about uh, my my calculus teacher.
1: Right? Yeah, the there one a, that said that, that... that
0: thought I was cheating because yeah. I can't. It, my brain processes mathematics differently, and that's because of my say, dad. Don't you do it backwards. Yeah, and I do everything backwards. There's no way that you could to... So we had to sit there after school with my counselor, right, writing out theorem. And it's like, goddamn, I'm not cheating. This is just the way that I process it, and how I do it.
1: Right, and you. have think in a roundabout way anyways when you're I, I do. just anything it's like your ass backwards so whatever
0: oh, yeah I, I i speak in big circles and oh circle God, back yes. around i write the same way that's why you edit half of my fucking letters
1: dude i have to because you're like you start <laughs> something here and then you go on to something else and then you talk about what you said over here so i'm like no dude we got to keep that the same same same
0: uh, you got to think about this. It's kind of like the, I, I'm like the Quentin Tarantino. And of you're writing. like
1: choppy too when you like. Write yeah, it's your like letters. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, <laughs> you are very Quentin Tarantino. And he, dude, I, I would love to just have a conversation with that man. Okay, so um, go ahead. Anyway, so he was known for the pets he kept. Quotation marks. Um, these pets were petri dishes of bacteria. However, that wasn't his only strange habit. I mean, he like kept them, and is like his like. That's strange.
0: But, it's, it's, he's, he's a scientist. That's, dude, that's weird. No, it isn't.
1: Okay, anyways, um, the other habit he had made the other students resent him. Um, he would sabotage the work that they did. He often worked in the lab well after the other students had cleaned up their areas. So while he was working, he would utilize their equipment, and when he was finished, he left it dirty.
0: So yeah, that's fucked up.
1: Yeah, and so he did this on purpose so that the students would receive discipline from <laughs> the professors. Yeah, he was just, it's like, you know, you're okay, already yeah. the pet. Do you really have to sabotage others and fucking, you yeah, know what I mean? That's, Make enemies That's too. a
0: fucking dick move. That's what that is. Yeah. It's a total dick it's move. T-
1: dick move. Ishii never seemed to be punished for these actions, even though the other students were well aware of them. If the professors were aware, it didn't seem that he was being, it seemed like he was being rewarded for his behavior. Um, so 1927, after we read up on the use of biological weapons, it it seemed as if his immense ego grew even more that's when he made the decision to be the best maker of biological weapons the world had ever seen well
0: hey yeah. shoot for the stars like dude. no seriously i i i know it's fucked up to uh the people are thinking i'm just being fucked up but you know what yeah. if, if if that's your goal if that's your ambition then fucking give a 110
1: yeah 110 you know? 120 dude don't yeah. do anything half ass uh, exactly
0: that's that you know we were right, i was having this discussion uh earlier is that there's two things that i admire about people number one is intelligence and number two is work ethic
1: right 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 that's
0: my two top fucking things
1: yeah you've often made comments about my work and you're like i can't believe and i'm like dude this is me this is who i am
0: there's very few people that have my work ethic and, yeah. and for a good reason, because we both know what the hell it does to our bodies, because we don't oh my God. sleep.
1: Yeah, I don't sleep at all. Yeah. I overslept this morning. I didn't wake up until I got your text.
0: <laughs> oh, shit. My alarm oh, went shit. off,
1: apparently. My mom said I had a conversation with somebody. I go, I didn't talk to anybody. She goes, maybe it was yourself. I said, probably. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah but we, we, we don't sleep. We work Mm-mm. seven days a week. Yeah. You know, and I've explained to people. And I feel
1: guilty if I don't.
0: And, and here's why. Here's why I'm in that habit. Because... Years and years ago, somebody had looked at my business bank accounts. They go, God, Scott, how do I make that much money? I go, oh, it's really easy, and I'm going to give business tips from Scotty if you want to open up your own business. Number one, you need to work seven days a week. Yeah. Oh, but Scott, I can't like do that. Like 12 hours
1: a day. At
0: least. <laughs> at your, least minimum yeah. de- your minimum day is going to be 12 hours a day. You're not the boss of jack shit. Sometimes you've got to be the janitor, and you've got to clean toilets. Yeah. Sometimes you need to be the gopher. So yeah. don't think that because you're the boss, you get out of anything. Yeah,
1: and you don't get paid.
0: Yeah, you're the last person yeah. to get paid. Yeah. The last. Your employees, your vendors, and your bills get yep. paid first. And whatever's left, you might get a paycheck. You might not. That's, yeah. that's how you And you, you, you don't do
1: dip it. into your capital. Exactly. Yeah.
0: No. You know, and every time I've told, I've told people that simple formula, they say, oh, Scott, I don't think I could. I could probably do maybe, I don't know, a couple of hours a week like maybe you know like i can do 40 plus couple <laughs> 41 or 42 yeah. hours a week then you don't want the money yeah you don't you, you don't want it bad enough
1: yeah see and my whole thing is is i can do it all it's just it wears me out I mean, there's times when I will fucking sleep so hard that I don't hear shit. I don't well, hear my know. That's alarm That's why I try not to
0: call you in the mornings too much anymore We'll see, on, but... I
1: know, because I don't get to sleep till like 4 o'clock in the morning, and you call me at 6 I'm like, yeah, just went to sleep. Thanks, Dick. So
0: now that we've given everybody a business lesson,
1: I know. <laughs> keep going, because I want to know more about issues. Yeah, okay. So right after being inspired by the journal article he read, he pushed Japan to develop a new military arm. This arm would be designed for the sole purpose of focusing on biological weapons. He even took his request to the country's top commanders. So this is what you have to understand. Ishi's confidence was so big, it baffles the mind. He was a low-ranking officer at the time, and he was proposing a military strategy to the top commanders. So that's like I admire that. Yeah, that is like a fucking um, political intern going to the president. Yeah. 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 Just walking into his office, say "Hey."
0: I admire that because, like yeah. I said, shoot for the stars, man. If you, okay, in business alone, if you're too afraid to take that step, yeah, forward, yeah. you know, you have to think to yourself, and this is what I always think: what is the worst this person can tell me? No, gonna say no.
1: Yeah, how you know? how is that really that bad? They're not going to fucking. They can't tell you anything worse than that.
0: Yeah, and that's, that's the worst outcome. It's not like I'm going to go yeah. to a business meeting and they're going to go. Now we're going to take away everything you have. Yeah, no, the worst they're going to say is no. I appreciate myself. So yeah, no, I appreciate that this
1: is good. See, that. and you told me that you really appreciate it when you're like low level. Workers come to you with big ideas You encourage
0: it Fuck yes I do You wanna know why You wanna know why And another business tip for people I don't fucking know everything I do but that's okay You wish (laughs) So I mean Even in playing guitar itself You know Like there's been times I've been over at like guitar center And Your your church (laughs) The the church I love guitar center Um, And there'll be like a a kid Who's just learning how to play And he's playing some weird ass shit That I've never heard before I'm like Dude Tell you what, I'll make a trade with you. I'll show you how to do a few cool things if you show me exactly what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and here's the difference. I've been playing for over forty years. I'm forty eight, so I'm right. five. And this kid, you know, and this has happened time and time again, they're maybe playing six months to a year.
1: Right. But then a lot of them are learning like you did. They play by ear. Yeah. I mean, which I think is phenomenal. Because I'm tone deaf. So yeah. whatever.
0: You play by ear, then you learn a little bit of music theory and what happened. Yeah.
1: There? No, I, I admire what
0: Ishii's doing, man. Yeah. Don't sit there and bullshit on the bottom where somebody can steal your idea and then they go to the top. You yeah. walk right into that bitch and go, well, hey. Well, and I've heard a go. lot of
1: people who, are like, especially musicians, that are, especially ones that are starting out now, don't even know how to read sheet music.
0: No, everybody knows how to read tablature, but nobody knows how to read fucking sheet music. I don't know what that
1: fuck is, but whatever. This is, okay. Um, oh, I already said that. Um Not only that, his proposal was in direct violation of the newly developed international laws of war. His argument hinged on one fact and one fact alone. It was that although Japan had signed the Geneva proposal, they had not yet made them officially valid. So technically, that technically made the country's stance on the agreements tentative. Um, This is what gave them the wiggle room they needed the wiggle room allowed for the Japanese military to develop bioweapons if they chose to. Um, Whether it was their lack of Ishii's vision for the future of Japanese military or whether they didn't share his ambiguous uh, code of ethics um, is unknown. Nobody knows why, but they viewed his proposal with skepticism. So he didn't let that stop him. Um, He pressed on and requested their permission to embark on a two year research tour it would take him around the world to find out how other countries were dealing with the whole issue of biological warfare. Okay?
0: Okay, so I just want to catch myself up. He's already walked right in yeah. and said, hey.
1: Let's develop these. Let's develop And they're this. like, no, and I don't think like, so. Then
0: in the same breath, he's like, okay, here's the deal then. Let me travel around the world yeah. for you know for, for a bit. Yeah,
1: so he like had a plan B in the back of his mind. Should I
0: You know what? I know, right? You said that I'm going to think he's worse than the German dude. Nah, this dude's bomb. No,
1: I think you're going to think he was worse in his actions later. But no, this, I mean, other than knowing what he did, he, I mean, dude, he's fucking brave and fucking awesome. You know, he gets what he wants.
0: No, I like that. So
1: they granted their permission for the research tour in 1928. Okay. I've still got half cup. Thank you. Their agreement on the tour could have been due to the Japanese military's sincere interest in his efforts. You know, but they didn't because he was such a low level ranking. They didn't want to, like, give him that top seat yet. I think they wanted him to earn it. So um, either that or it was their way of making sure he remained happy. So no matter what the reason, he traveled all over Europe and the United States Uh, to visit their various facilities. And after two years, he, you know, two years was up, he presented his findings along with his amended proposal. Um, This time he found a more receptive audience. He found out that other countries were, in fact, continuing their research into biological warfare despite the Geneva Protocol mandates. And, however, they weren't making their research a priority. You know, it was just, you know, happening. So he figured this was either because they truly had ethical concerns or they were afraid their research would be discovered. Either way, you know.
0: Either way, he's got the advantage.
1: Yeah. So as a result of his findings, the Japanese military took the years that precede World War II to highly consider focusing their resources on this highly controversial weaponry. Their ultimate goal... Oh, I didn't bring my ant-asses again. Dang it. Their ultimate goal was to guarantee that all of their techniques and battles surpassed any and every country in the world. Because um, we have to also remember that um, even though Japan was rising as a, you know, a major force in military and government and everything and economics, oh, thank you, um, in the world, they were still an island nation. Right. You know, so they... You know, it was, it's really weird. They just, you know, didn't have... People didn't look at them the same. Um, so, let's see. So, when he returned to Japan in 1930, he noticed that a few things had changed in the time he was away. The first thing to change was Japanese patriotism. It seemed to burn a bit brighter. Okay? All right. The country had an old slogan. It was a wealthy country, a strong army. And that was being shouted louder than had ever been in the previous decades and the other thing that seemed to change japan was even closer to waging a war against china themselves yeah so right
0: well china's a huge ass fucking country dude no shit yo (laughs) dude
1: they are like fucking huge and their armies are like freaking
0: yeah there's kind of a lot kind of a lot
1: a lot I mean, a lot of shit. Chinese We've going always on. made sure that they're on our side, too.
0: Well, yeah, you don't want yeah. to. Well, we can get a little bit more political on that one because uh, yeah. of Biden, but.
1: <laughs> oh, well. Don't get me started. Well, I no, don't he, even, he, yeah. he's
0: already been talking shit to China, so. Of course he has. I read that on uh, a couple of news dude, outlets, but anyway, go ahead. Talk
1: shit to everybody. So, Ishii's reputation grew exponentially during that time as well. He earned the appointment as professor of immunology, immunology, yeah, at Tokyo Army Medical School. Tokyo. And he was promoted to the rank of major. He was an army major. So he well, also... Yeah, he's a major scientist, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> he also gained a powerful supporter. The supporter was Colonel... I had this... Good luck. Chikahiko Koizumi. I can pronounce Asian names better than I can. Chikahito. Chikahiko. Chikahito. Um, shut up. He was... A well-known scientist at Tokyo Army Medical College. Um, A little background on him. He was a veteran of World War I and beginning in 1918, was in charge of research of chemical warfare himself. Around 1918, he wasn't wearing a gas mask when he was exposed to chlorine gas. As a result of this exposure, he nearly died.
0: Yeah, that'll fuck you up in a hurry, man.
1: So once he made a full recovery, he went on to continue his research. However, the people in charge decided his work was low priority to them. So when Ishii, and that's why he supported Ishii's work, he saw a bit of himself in the younger man. Well, at least he saw someone similar, someone who had this vision for the future of Japan. And so when Koizumi rose in the ranks, he made sure, um, when he got dean of the Tokyo Army Medical College, he um, appointed Army Surgeon General uh, and Then he was Army Surgeon General, and then he went to Japanese Minister of Health. And each time he was getting a promotion, he made sure that Ishii received one as well. Oh, wow. So they rose up together, you know. All Ishii cared about was receiving all the praise and promotions. You know, he's just yeah. like, give it to me. However, nothing was more important to him than his own self-glorification.
0: I bet you that they got free sushi.
1: Yeah. Dude.
0: I'm just thinking of sushi. Can that you imagine? Bomb. I
1: know, since you got sick last week, yeah, I was listening sick. to that yeah. episode. I was like, oh, poor Scott, gas station sushi. It wasn't.
0: I don't <laughs> buy sushi from like the grocery store. Dude, my son stations.
1: wants to get gas station sushi because my son keeps telling me, he goes, Mom, I just want to get tapeworm so I can lose some weight. I said, just fucking lose weight, dude. Yeah,
0: okay, that took yeah. care of my wanting sushi. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> well, Continue. there's an episode of 911 that'll fucking gross you out.
0: No, that's all right.
1: Yeah, according to the public, Ishii focused his work on the research for microbiology, pathology, and vaccines. But those who were among the need to know knew this was just a minute part of the actual mission he was trying to achieve. When all was said and done, he was a popular professor. He exuded the same charisma and magnetism to win over his students that he used to gain favor with his instructors and his superiors. At night, he was often seen drinking at the bars and visiting the area geisha Geisha houses, I'd like to go to one of those. How is are they fun? Have you yeah. been to one? Yeah, they're they're that's a good time. Yeah, that's what I've heard. But I can
0: have fun almost anywhere. Like seriously. This is I can true. In the middle of the fucking I mean, because you and I are
1: kind of the same. It's like we go thing for the experience and we want to experience it fully. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would oh, yeah. be like, dude, I want it all. Yeah. Just give it all. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know? Ha-
1: yeah. There's always a party. I don't party, anything. I don't do anything half-assed. Sometimes <laughs> the
0: party's only in my head,
1: but there's always a party. <laughs> it's always in your head. <laughs> I know. However, even when he was intoxicated, he would often go back to studying before he went to bed. Yeah, Damn. so he was dedicated to his work.
0: You know, up until uh, right now, I thought I was a badass student when yeah. I was in college. Because, But I'll tell you, when I was drunker than fuck, I'm not going to go say I'm cracking the books. Yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, okay, and when yeah, I was in high off. school,
1: it's like I was so competitive. One other student started to, you know like get close to me as far as academics and gray point average that I fucking did extra work so I could still beat him. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> you cannot be with me. So he can only he,
0: be one Highlander. He,
1: yeah. We can determine two things with certainty by the behavior he displayed up to this point. The first thing we can see is how obsessive he was when it came to his work. Okay. Um, we can also determine in his uncanny ability to persuade others to do what he wants them to do. He just has that ability to, like, like almost mind control, I guess. Well, it goes back to that old saying. Jedi. You, "You
0: get more You get more flies with honey than you do vinegar. True.
1: My grandpa used to say that all the time. Yeah,
0: so if I'm sitting there. That's
1: why I flirt with everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like with my employees. The, and, and you and I talked about this before. There's a reason why I don't yell at people. Right. and it's because if I'm sitting there and yelling because they made a mistake or or they're not moving fast enough or whatever
1: yeah, you get firm but yeah
0: it it's counterproductive however, right. if you take somebody and say go hey look, this is what you did and this is how we're gonna correct this problem you need to just be aware of you know of x y and z right um and you're cool about it go okay now get out of here you little scamp then they're like, oh hey Scott's not such a bad guy and it opens up. That whole right. pathway to where if they have a legitimate problem, right. they're not afraid to come to me. Right. They come to me and they talk to me and they are hey, Scott, this is what's going on. You know, whether it's yeah. something in their personal life or something. Yeah, because they know is... you're not
1: going to freak the fuck out. Yeah.
0: I'm not going to yeah. fucking freak out and yell at him or go, that's your fucking problem, not mine. No, because I, I want to know their problems.
1: Yeah. That's exactly why my son and I have such a good relationship. And he doesn't lie to me, you know, because I've never freaked out when he's told me shit. It's like, oh, OK. We'll Except
0: that it. he likes grannies now. I know he does. He gets to work in in my haven. In my haven. I would love to work. I would get so many dates if I worked where he worked. I love that. I'm telling you.
1: No, seriously, dude. I have this. I call her Auntie Diana. I can call her up, dude. She'll go out with you. Sweet. Yeah. She's a really sweet lady, too. I mean, she's not. She's about my mom's age, maybe.
0: Will she wear spurs?
1: Probably. Probably. Nice. Yeah, but she I mean she's an assisted living because of you know, she couldn't live by herself anymore. But yeah, she's really I cool.
0: like Born to be Mild, man. That's fucking awesome. More reasons the better.
1: I've known her since I was like eighteen years old.
0: She looks like a Sharpe. And That's she dated perfect. my
1: dad for a while, so there you go.
0: Ew. I'm after life salt, but all right. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh fuck
1: ever, dude. My dad was awesome. When, when he wanted to be. Um in other words, we can see how he was able to convince others to help him carry out the sadistic let me take that thumbs out of my mouth. I realized that it was right in there. To convince others to help him carry out his sadistic experiments. And he started it in China.
0: This is, then that's exactly the same as Mangalay. Yeah. Because um, just to kind of recap on Mangalay from last week for people that need a little recap, is that Mangalay would sit there and he'd play with the kids. He'd bring them candy, play a right. little bit of kickball with them or whatever, you know. Uh, and and have fun. He was always nice to right. to people. And the that Jewish doctors
1: that were there that he for, that were forced to work with him, um, he told them he would prolong their life if they did the work for it, like his research papers and shit.
0: Right. He treated all of his special yeah. projects, his experimental people, extremely well. Yeah. Because and it goes back how you communicate with people. Yeah. Dictate whether you get shit done. Or you get shit not done. Because at, right. at the end of the day, for any business owner like myself, what's the, what's the goal? I'm paying you. You get the shit done.
1: Right. And if your employees fear you, then they're not going to be produ- as productive.
0: Right. And then you get a high turnover, too. Mm-hmm. Because it costs thousands of dollars to train an employee. Oh, I believe. Thousands. And even if they have experience in that field. Yeah. It-
1: because they have to do it. The way your company does. Right.
0: Because yeah. we have protocols for a reason. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, he, he's just like, he's like Mangalay when it comes to his communications. Because so far, so far, I'm seeing all the good in Ishii. Now, I know that it's going to turn out bad because I know that he's fucked up. But these are the good things I'm seeing.
1: Yeah. On Ishii so far. I actually get pissed off at a lot of people by the end of this one. But in 1931, which was after the invasion of Manchuria and the formation of Manchukuo, Kuo which was the state of Manchuria a short time later. Japan started to take advantage of the resources in the region to fuel its efforts in industrialization, okay? So basically, they wanted to be like Lord of the Rings, like the industrial, <laughs> yeah, like the orcs and shit. I, I don't were, like Lord of the Rings, were, but...
0: Were they going all go, uh, Gollum on yeah, them? Yeah, my precious. Yeah, I and mean, shit. and
1: I bring that up because my son makes fun of me because I don't like Lord of the Rings. They watch it all the time. I don't like it. And he goes, you don't, you don't even know what it's about? I said, I can tell you exactly what it's about. I've seen it many times. I just don't like it.
0: I've, I've read the books, and it's... Yeah. Nah, the the movies don't do it for me. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah.
1: And so during this time, Japan also adopted the same attitude Americans had during their Manifest Destiny period of expansion. That meant the Japanese soldiers began looking at the citizens differently. They saw the area's citizens as true obstacles to the country's industrialization efforts. However, Ishii felt differently. He believed these same citizens were potentially his personal test subjects. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Cool. So in line with these beliefs, he knew that he required several facilities that varied in their usage. For example, he opened one of his weapon manufacturing facilities at Harbin, China. However, he knew that he couldn't conduct research in the same town. So the citizens, because the citizens there wouldn't approve of his research methods. So he began to establish another facility. This wound up being his clandestine research facility he built it approximately i always say a th- hundred clicks because i grew up in the military which is about 100 kilometers south of harbin in the mil- in the village of behana and that's spelled b-e-i-y-i-n-h-e but it's mm-hmm. pronounced behana um the entire 300 home village was leveled in order to be m- more made ready for the building site once that was done, he made sure that Chinese laborers were drafted for the sole purpose of constructing all the research buildings that he required. And it was in these same buildings that Ishii established a number of his, his inhumane techniques. Um, it was quite possibly a foreshadow of what everyone soon later learned happened at Unit 731. Okay? Um There are very few surviving records from the Beihana facility. Yet, what did survive gives us a brief glimpse. Uh, He's just knocking shit over. Uh, Gives us a brief glimpse of the work Ishii had done there. Um, The facility had as many as a thousand prisoners (laughs) jammed inside. And the subjects were underground anti-Japanese workers. You know, they didn't like Japanese government guerrilla bands that were known to harass the japanese and finally innocent people that were thought to be suspicious persons you know i guess it's like because remember when japan bombed pearl harbor and then all of a sudden even japanese american citizens were all thrown in internment camps uh-huh that's kind of like the same thing well
0: i don't remember because i wasn't alive but I remember no, but reading about read it. about
1: it yeah which i thought was atrocious atrocious But one of the more common practices he did was to draw blood from the test subjects every three days or so. This would go on for several weeks. I don't explain why he did this later. But this would go on for several weeks until the subject was too weak to carry on. At that point, the researchers would just poison them since they were no longer a valuable research subject. It's believed that most of the prisoners were dead within a month from arriving at the facility. However, it's still a mystery to this day as to the number of victims he actually had. Um the reason we're able to know so much, I mean even as much as we do know, is due to a prisoner rebellion. In 1934, the soldiers were celebrating the mid-autumn festival and some prisoners seized their opportunity. They took advantage of the lax security from the inebriated guards. And as a result, nearly 16 prisoners were able to escape successfully. Um, Even with the escaped prisoners, it's completely possible this facility continued operations even after that. And it officially closed down in 1937. However, it's believed to have still been running experiments as late as 1936, when it shut down, Ishii wasn't even upset. He had a site set on opening another facility, and one that would actually make this first one seem like a romper room. Like, literally. Like, fucking the Hilton, I guess. Um, <laughs> Shiro Ishii is compared to Joseph Mengele often. Um, and then I go, if you recall from our feature on him, Mengele was responsible for the twisted and sinister medical experiments on the prisoners housed at Auschwitz-Birkenau. Um, as part of his post as an SS officer, he had the government authority to determine which prisoners were spared immediate death. He was also able to focus his chosen inmates to become the subjects of his research. Um, however, Mangalay was limited in his power um, uh, over the entire camp and the effect his research had. In the beginning, Auschwitz was actually built as a means to produce oil and rubber. Uh, Mengele used that setting to do research under the disguise of genetics. In actuality, what he did was to satisfy his sadistic nature. Um, But that's where Ishii differed from him. Ishii had control over his human research subjects, complete control. Um, His research was more scientific in nature, therefore more barbaric. Um, because Mengele's was a pseudoscience, basically.
0: Right, right, right. Where,
1: you know, because he wanted to do hereditary things to find out how to get <laughs> blonde hair, blue eyed people, which is a pseudoscience. You can't do it.
0: Right, exactly. Even with
1: all the artificial inseminations, it's impossible. So.
0: I prefer the natural inseminations. That's just me. Nothing artificial about I'm
1: going to artificially inseminate you here in a minute.
0: Mm, I was thinking of your mom, but okay, good. Anyways. She can't get pregnant. I hate
1: you. <laughs> Is she developed almost all of the? Te- I know because I just like shut down and my face gets. <laughs> if looks could kill, you'd be in a coma.
0: I love that look. That's why I periodically do stuff like that. Because you that like look. my
1: like side eye squinty darts that I throw at you. Because I
0: never know if I'm going to survive the day.
1: <laughs> it's a way to live. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Live like you don't know whether you're going to be alive in the next minute. (coughs) Exactly. Um, Let's see. Where was I? Um, Ishii developed almost all of the tests performed on his victims himself. Okay. Yeah. He had every intention of making human beings scientific data. He took what he had done with the first facility and expanded it with Unit 731. It was designed to be a self-sufficient compound. It had prison barracks for the test subjects and a facility to make the germ bombs. And it also had its own airfield with its own active air force.
0: I call kids germ bombs.
1: Why do you insert stupid shit when I'm talking?
0: Because it's true. They're little Petri dishes and they carry every fucking disease. Imagine. Dude, I'll
1: tell you what. My son was never allowed to ride in the carts with cars. Never. You know why? (laughs) Why? Because they're fucking gross. Disgusting. And I would always, and this is really sad because I'm not really a germaphobe, but my son, like all kids, put things in his mouth. So I fucking always, like, sanitize wipes and baby wipes and wipe down the cart handles and shit because I knew he'd eventually have his mouth on it.
0: Jake would get sick every once in a while, but most of the time he'd, like, get a little sniffle. And if he got the sniffles, it means I had, like, the plague. I mean, I would get sick as hell. They carry everything. Yeah. If a kid has, if a kid has like the flu, fifty miles away,
1: kid, <laughs> you're gonna
0: get it. I'm gonna get it because yeah. fucking my son's gonna come home and say, "Hey, daddy, uh, uh, you okay? I'm fine." All of a sudden, oh, geez, I can't breathe and I feel like shit. Oh, yeah. must have the flu.
1: Thanks, Jake. Yeah, my son had the swine flu one time and I ended up getting it, but that's a. Sort of subject between him and I, because he said I'm a horrible mom, but whatever. <laughs> um, He also had a working crematorium to dispose of all the remains once he was finished with them. Like Mengele. Yeah, Mengele's crematorium. Yeah, he, he had the gas chambers.
0: He had the gas chambers, and <laughs> then right next to him yeah. was the crematorium. Yeah, so he had
1: the... yeah the, Those two right there, same, same. The morgue and everything. Yeah, you're right. The same, same. Yeah. So this facility compound had also another separate area. This is where the Japanese residents were housed in the dormitories, the researchers. Their housing facilities included athletic fields, a fully functioning library, fully stocked bar, and a running brothel.
0: I'm moving out of the US right now. I'll be in uh, Japan.
1: Well, Unit 731 is no longer in operation. Sorry. God damn it. Why know, is it always, always something? something. <laughs> I'm
0: thinking brothel in a fucking bar. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what. I knew I know that what he did was cruel, but mm, I'm kind of on board.
1: I, I died a little bit inside when we just, you know, finish each other's sentence. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I I'm, knew
1: it was going to come, and I just died, died a little bit inside.
0: that 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 beautiful facility is no more. Got a little tear in my eye. I, I, need,
1: <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. I need to call my
0: shrink Justin. That's what I got to do.
1: <laughs> Get him on the phone.
0: I just died a whole lot inside.
1: Yeah. Anything and everything the researchers needed to be comfortable and happy while conducting their experiments they got. However, Ishii didn't live on this compound with them. He, his wife, and their children lived in Harbin. They moved into a mansion that was still standing from the period Manchuria was under Russian control. And his daughter often described it as being just like the plantation house in Gone with the Wind. So you can imagine how big it was. Um, If anybody's ever heard of... The name Unit 731, which I have not really heard about the Japanese, you know, about Ishii until I started doing research on him. And I think there's a reason. And I'll get into it in the end. But still, I might
0: have in college, but seriously, I was really high and drunk a lot in college. Well, I'm and I was going to I've heard of Mengele.
1: I mean, like, yeah. briefly of Mengele yeah, and yeah. all the shit that happened in Auschwitz and everywhere else. But I had never heard about what happened in Japan. And it's very weird. So, the horrors were designed by Ishii as early as 1935 when he was in Ping Feng. There have been. I'm waiting for you to say something stupid.
0: Did you see I'm just over here smiling?
1: Yeah, because you notice I shot. Every time I say something, I'm like, he's going to say something. I shoot you a look. <laughs> That's why I like having us across from each other.
0: I love um, the look you give me because it's like, don't say it, don't say it, but still you have that look like he's that motherfucker's gonna say he it. He
1: is. And then when you don't, I'm like, thank God, and then later you say it. I have ping <laughs> in my pants, back. by the way.
0: Huh? I have a little ping fang going on in my pants. <laughs>
1: yeah, I knew yeah. you gonna say something stupid. There have been many attempts to be my kamikaze. Fuck off. The to cover up what truly happened there. However, with the power of the internet, we're able to learn more than we have in the past. One thing that seems to get ignored with all the tales of human research is the motivation that drove Ishii. Often, the one thing that is more of, ignored more often than that, the, Oh, more often than not, is the reasoning Ishii had for his inhumane tests. Um, he was shooting for the stars. Well, see, and this is it. He for instance, one of Ichi's goals as an army doctor was to develop battlefield treatment techniques to make their armies better. Right. So I, these I admire him. Yeah, the so dude's got these, goals. Yeah. These techniques would be used on the Japanese troops. He needed to know how much a human body could take. And yeah. he set out to find out. Makes sense. Um. Yeah. So you got to
0: those... know, know the average pain threshold. Yeah.
1: Well, in average pain threshold, average like trauma that can be endured. Right.
0: Because well, because a, a lot of people don't realize this, and I found this out when I got my back all fucked up. But there's a thing called exquisite pain.
1: Oh yeah, I and, haven't been there, but yeah. And
0: that's the point of pain, boys and girls. Where even if you're still lucid, your body literally can feel no more pain because yeah. it's got two choices: either block it all out or put you into shock yeah to protect itself and i found that out because when they ran that needle up my spine
1: right right that was
0: about i'm not kidding you, like a foot long and about a bit as big as a pencil lead um the girl i was seeing at the time autumn because she was in the er with me is looking at me and she goes oh my, i she goes yeah, she had a strong symptoms. i can't even look so, how are you not even flinching i go honestly i can't feel it yeah i feel a little bit of pressure yeah. But because I was in so much pain.
1: Wow. There was
0: nothing. Like, seriously, he could have said, we're going to open you up with a dull butter knife. I would have been, okay. <laughs> I don't care. Wipe
1: it down with a little rubbing alcohol first, please. <laughs>
0: or at least spit on it or something. <laughs> yeah. You do li- that.
1: Fire it up with a lighter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like a heroin needle. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Remember, we used to do that to just like, yeah, I'm sanitizing it for you.
0: <laughs> um,
1: let's see. For instance, um, the bleeding experience experiments i was just telling you about how he right. draw blood he was able to determine how much blood the average person could lose and still survive that makes sense that's what he was doing
0: it sounds fucked up the way he went about it but it yeah. makes sense at why he did well, it. well
1: yeah because consider this the japanese army they're out in the middle of you know in the trenches and one of them starts bleeding needs to know how much blood he can lose these people can lose and still survive to see if you can get them somewhere if not you know,
0: right, it it gives you a kind of a jumping off point, so to speak. Going right, okay, I can assume they lost like a pint of blood, right, or two pints. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, same, same. um,
1: yeah, same thing. So, the experience experiments at Unit 731 were designed to take Ishii's experiments to the next level. Um, they were designed to involve the simulation of real world conditions that the troops would face, for instance. This is going to gross you the fuck out. There were the pressure chamber experiments. Now, if you have a weak <coughs> stomach, just do the plug your ears and go la, la, la for a sec. Prisoners were placed into chambers and the pressure was increased in increments until their eyeballs popped out of their sockets. It was determined designed to determine how much pressure the human body could withstand, safely withstand.
0: That doesn't surprise me because uh, when, yeah. I, when I scuba dived, um, oh, go, I'd love to do when that. When you go on deep dives, yeah, you find your return rope, and yeah. they're, they're, it's marked off right? at so many feet. I think it's like every 10 feet or some shit like that, because I haven't been diving in over, you know, like... Um...
1: Did you have your license and everything? Yeah. See, I want to learn. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, the only thing I haven't done is work with a rebreather, but I've always wanted to do a rebreather, uh-huh. because then I can dive with... Uh, at, there's a place where all the hammerhead sharks uh, congregate.
1: Oh, I think it's somewhere it, in Bermuda
0: yeah. or something like that. I can't remember where I saw it, but if you have a regular scuba gear, well, the bubbles will irritate them, and a hammerhead shark will tear you apart. Yeah, they don't give two shits. Yeah, but if you can stand at the bottom of where they congregate like once a year, and they're not breeding, they're not feeding. It's like the big old like, hey, how's it going, Bob? And they all yeah. swim up. But you can stand at the bottom and watch them.
1: Wow. And
0: I've always wanted to do that. That, and uh, I want to dive next to a blue whale. That's That'd be the awesome. Two dives that you. I want, but um, well, I, oh, uh, so but if you it, you get the what's called the bends, because as you as you dive deeper and deeper, well, there's more water, so there's more right, so pressure. It's a little more pressure on you, yeah. And if you come up too high and don't decompress, you can actually right. die.
1: Yeah, because aren't you supposed to come up a certain way, then kind of swim in yeah. that area for a little bit, and then or come Or hold up? on to
0: the rope. I think it's like every 10 feet. I th- yeah. Think if I'm remembering right, because I've, I've, I've been on a couple of deep dives, but. Right. Uh, you know, fucking, I, I can't remember. I'm now. thinking
1: about enrolling in the scuba lessons that they have at the pool in my town. Pretty
0: badass. Yeah. but But, yeah, you know, so you got to think that. I, I understand. Well, when you also think G
1: force in the airplanes and, you know, in the military jets, you know, they have all that G force and they have to know how much pressure they can take, how high they can go before, you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: before their eyeballs pop before out. Before their eyeballs before pop out. Before they get e Yeah. Shut
1: <laughs> up. This could be our new word. I'm going to e you. <laughs> yeah. So then there were the seawater experiments. Now, this was when test subjects were injected with seawater. Want to know why?
0: Yeah, what was? It was the designed
1: fuck? to see if seawater was an adequate replacement for saline solution. You know the saline that yeah, they give yeah. you to rehydrate okay, you,
0: because it's kind of
1: salt water. Yeah, but it's, not the, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not same same. It's dirty and gross. And yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, is That not same same? That's see, different different.
1: Uh, but I'm wondering if he would, if he could have done it where he could process it and keep the salt in it and still sanitize it, it might have worked. May, but to directly draw seawater and inject it, just ugh. Well,
0: there's different kinds of salt.
1: Yeah, that's true too. So
0: I'm saying, I, I kind of yeah. see his reasoning behind it.
1: I do too. However, I see the reasoning, but I just don't. I don't
0: see the practicality behind it. You yeah. know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Like the logic, because if you take a step back and think for two seconds, you go, "Okay, saline is saline, correct? And but why would you try to rehydrate somebody with sea salt, salt with sea salt? Yeah, um." directly into their system only because saline sterilized correct and the ocean not not so so much much. there's fish fucking in there
1: i was gonna say there's fish poo yeah (laughs) yuck yuck
0: (laughs) another bacteria you
1: think you think swimming in a fucking but then i don't really like going swimming in swimming pools either because kids pee in them
0: little bastards, see see little germ balls (laughs)
1: grown-ups with the water turns blue, wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's so fucking. We should Kevin be able James. to shoot
0: them yeah. with paintballs. That's a little bastard right there, to in yeah. the bowl. Yeah,
1: then there was the frostbite experiment. This one is like way bizarre. Um, this one is credited actually to Yoshimura Hisato. He was a physiologist who was assigned to work in Unit 731. This experiment was designed for its practical battlefield e- application. Because they get okay. frostbite out in the battlefield. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Prior to the experiments, the traditional treatment for frostbite was to rub the limb. You know, you get frostbite, you get, you know, you rub it to get heat back into it.
0: Well, well you share body heat.
1: Yeah, that's that too. That's the best
0: way to do it is, uh, is yeah. Strip. heat.
1: Well, that's if you're like going into hypothermia. But frostbite is like you're supposed to... Oh, they, that's right. They Duh. said you were supposed to I'm rub here. the limb to get friction to get the right. blood flowing again. Right, right. Okay, no, that makes sense. Same thing. So... Same. With the, experiment, the experiments done at Unit 731, though, researchers were able to determine a better treatment. For the best treatment was to actually immerse the limb in water that's slightly warmer than 100 degrees Fahrenheit, but no hotter than 122. Okay. So it's like tepid water. Right, right, right. Which is why when you go into hypothermia and stuff like that now and you're in the hospital, they put the warming blankets on you and kind of do like an um, aqua submersion to bring your, you know... Slowly bring your temperatures back up.
0: That makes sense. So you're going to shock. Okay. No, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So the tests designed to come to this conclusion were beyond barbaric, though. Um, Another weak stomach. You know, fast forward like 15 seconds. Um, The researchers would take the prisoners outside into the freezing elements. Then they would periodically cover the exposed arms or limbs that they were going to, you know, test on in water until the guard determined the limbs were frostbitten. An o- Japanese officer actually later reported that they were able to determine frostbite had been set in by the sound the limbs made. a frozen arm when struck with a short stick emitted a sound resembling what that which a boar gives when it's struck
0: yeah. See, kind of like that twang, yeah,
1: yeah. this sound told the researchers it was good and frozen and frostbite isn't that disgusting that's awesome. <laughs> Let's do it. No, let's do it to Jake. I I
0: shouldn't say that because then we're gonna get more hate mail. Right? That is terrible. They should have never have done that. We
1: should do that to Jake. (laughs) He's our intern. Mm,
0: That might be a good idea. Yeah, I'm
1: looking at getting us t-shirts printed up for Christmas for the Brutal Nation logo, (laughs) and yours is gonna say Scotty, and mine's gonna say something like Squatchalicious or something like that, and his is gonna say the intern. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean I'm looking into it now to see what it is going to cost. And then I want to get some for my grandkids,
0: but Yeah, I'm looking at a couple of vendors cuz uh just to let you guys know, we're working, we're working we'll on getting donations. see. For donation you see t-shirts. and I
1: was thinking about if I can get a good ones like printed up that I see are good for us, uh, you know, to wear for ourselves then I can talk to them about bulk cuz it's a local seaside place. Oh. Place on the seaside and I'd rather, you know, I'd like the mom and pop stores, the local businesses. I'm all for supporting them.
0: Well, maybe we need to take a trip. Anyway, go ahead Dude, with your I love story. I them.
1: Anyways, um do 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 where was I? Oh, at that point, the infected limb was removed and taken into the lab to be studied. After they had that limb, researchers often returned to the prisoners' other limbs for the same treatment.
0: You know, I hate going to resorts like that. I always cost you an arm and a leg. <laughs>
1: You're so fucking stupid. You that had to coming. see that one coming. I knew a dad joke was coming. <laughs> so once all their limbs were removed for frostbite research, they were sent to another area for other experiments. So they have no arms, no legs, cannot defend themselves, and they're being sent on for more testing. It's like he's util- – he is like a true hunter. He's utilizing every aspect of his- Worst
0: vacation ever. You're getting a bad Yelp review.
1: <laughs> this is getting one star. Yeah. Half a star.
0: This is getting one star like the Dallas Cowboys.
1: <laughs> I hate you. This meant they were more than likely sent to be tested in the plague or pathogen experiments – And despite the brutality of the research, this allowed the Japanese to come up with a frostbite treatment that was both effective and several years ahead of their competition. So it's reported that the youngest test subject, though, in the temperature experiments was a three month old baby.
0: Ah, see, that's where I draw the fucking line. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking in my head these were all adults and what have not, and I'm making jokes, but you're talking three year old? -old. Okay, Ishii, fuck right off now. You are now officially a sugar tits. Yeah. Fucking hate people that that do num that. Numb nuts. Kids.
1: He's a guy. Numb nuts. Um, no,
0: he'll he'll be a sugar tits. I'm gonna I'm gonna emasculate him a little bit. <laughs> little fucking yeah. basic bitch, yeah.
1: <laughs> dude. So, in addition to the medical research, uh, it was also set up to do weapons testing. Some of these tests were designed as defensive experiments for new equipment. For example, gas masks. It, it's been documented that the research, researchers would force their prisoners to wear certain masks. And once they were on, they were subject to any number of toxic gases. This was done to determine which masks were the best ones. And although this next part is unconfirmed, it's a claim that it's highly believed among historians that these tests were the tests that led to the testing for the first biohazard suits.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, that's which I that cool. Yeah, that's cool.
1: I mean, because if you're looking at the pictures from back when he was doing these testings, they kind of look like biohazard suits. <laughs> Just saying, I have this hanging on It's bugging me. Um, I got some clippers up here somewhere. I'm sure you do, but you'll but you'll be looking for them forever. Um, you found them right there, didn't you? Then there were the offensive weapons tests. These tests fell into two separate categories. The first category was weaponizing humans. A group group of prisoners were deliberately exposed and infected with various diseases. Of the infected prisoners, a select group of candidates was used in weaponization. They wanted to understand the impact of the disease better okay um, in order to do this, the infected prisoners were not given any treatment for the disease they were often vivisected which you yeah know, I know was, but yeah but for people it's like cut open and they're like a live autopsy. Right. In order to study the impact of the disease had on all the internal organs. Sometimes these surgical procedures were done. And the as the prisoner was alive and they were being cut open with a scalpel with no anesthesia. Jeez. So like Mengele.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Same, same,
1: same, same. Let's see if I got it. Um, Let's see. I read an article that talked about a 1995 interview with a former medical assistant from the Japanese army, and he talked about dissecting a 30-year-old prisoner without anesthesia while he was alive. Check this out. This is what he said. The fellow knew that it was over for him, and so he didn't struggle when they led him into the room and tied him down. But when I picked up the scalpel, that's when he began screaming. I cut him open from the chest to the stomach and he screamed terribly and his face was twisted in agony. He made this unimaginable sound. He was screaming so horribly. But then he then finally he stopped. That was all in a day's work for the surgeons. But it really left an impression on me because it was my first time. Wow. Yeah. Could you? Oh, I couldn't even imagine. The second category was the field testing of the various systems that were used to disperse the diseases to others. And the prisoners at this facility weren't the only subjects of these tests. They were also conducted on the civilians outside of the compound.
0: Yeah. Okay, so he's going to get, like, neighbors of the facility? Oh, kind of wait.
1: Thing? I'll tell you what he did. Inside the camp, Ishii infected prisoners with syphilis. Holy shit. Once they were infected, he would then force them to have sex with healthy Uninfected prisoners. So this was done so that he could observe the disease from the onset. Dude, okay? that is fucked. Yeah, then outside the camp, he injected dumplings. With the typhoid virus and fed them to the prisoners. And he then released the prisoners into the community so that they could spread the virus to others. He gave chocolates laced with anthra- anthrax chemicals to little children in the villages. And since the majority of people in the surrounding villages were starving, they didn't even question why they were getting the food. You know, they what? were just You're grateful right. for the food.
0: At least Mengele wasn't giving poisoned fucking candies to yeah, the kids.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a
0: fucking piece of shit! Yeah,
1: and like, and he took advantage of the fact that they were starving. They're not going to question where they're getting their food from. They're just going to get the food. And you and I were
0: talking about that. I think earlier this week, at, at why I'm so food centric is right. because you know I'm always afraid that I'm going to starve because I was raised that poor, dude. That we didn't eat and yeah. shit. You I go just... to
1: the Grammys and you're like, you know, all these fucking awesome performers were up there performing, and you're like, dude, the canapes were bomb. No, yeah, no, <laughs> the wine seriously. was amazing. How was this? That's right. we, I don't know. We, we, we had that conversation. I was at a record release party.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the hey, this, this, uh, I can't mention the the, no. the the dude, you know, he's been wanting to meet you so bad. It's kind of a, oh, hey, what's your, oh, that's great. Yeah. By the way, man, did you try this and this? And the wine's <laughs> amazing. Oh, my God. The food. Oh, no, I no. need to get I, me a bottle of this. No, I, I like, really, Yeah, good, good, good album that you're getting ready to release, man. It's it's awesome to meet you. Thanks for. Going. Hey, but here, take but, by
1: the shrimp. <laughs> yeah, like, did
0: you try this over here? You know, like, did you try like the, mm-hmm. the lobster bisque? You know, and people look at me, and that's why I have to explain to everybody when I go to really black type yeah. parties. Uh, look, I appreciate meeting everybody, but I'm here I was, for the food. <laughs> I was raised so fucking poor that we didn't know. Like, when when you go, okay, we can't. We're we're all gonna have a bowl of soup today. Yeah, and that's it. You become very food centric.
1: Yeah, your mommy made like rock soup, didn't she? Like stone soup. You know, Just remember about. that fucking table? Yeah. Just yeah. about.
0: Yeah, that, that's yeah. that's why I am. That's the reason why I've, I've you know honestly put in as many hours as I do and, and work hard and, and, yeah. and built a. Company. And your
1: fridge is always fucking full.
0: You want to know why? You want to know why?
1: I mean, stuff goes bad in there. It's so fucking full.
0: I work every day this hard, and I've got several people that will attest to this because in my head. Right tomorrow, if I don't work, like if I slack off, I'm going to starve to death. Yeah, and it's not logical. It's not logical. I've got, I've got an income level which I can buy any amount of food. Right from anywhere in the world.
1: And yeah, for it, years, for not a problem. Yeah,
0: but in my head, I keep everything well stocked because tomorrow, yeah. I'm going to not have food.
1: So when you started getting money and everything, did you start like? hiding food in different places so that you know what i mean no
0: i, I like a food stasher so <laughs> kind of a funny thing so when, when i got my very first contract um my first big one that paid mm-hmm. significant amount of money when you talked to a lot of people like, dude i bought a brand new car or i bought a house i went grocery shopping because uh, mm-hmm. up until then like i had a budget of seriously like twenty dollars a week
1: right right to, well to buy you can food. make it stretch If you buy ramen.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, a lot of ramen, a lot of like dried pastas and Mm -hmm. things that were really cheap. I went grocery shopping and I spent a whole $50. Ooh,
1: big spender.
0: Ooh, yeah. And at the time it wasn't, and I was still scared, but I stocked my where I was living with very sustainable foods. Right, right, right. You know, and- I was happy as shit, but I was still scared. Like I was like pigeonholing money away going, yeah, you know, okay, well, I want to make sure I can still eat in a week. I think, yeah. but I, and I had a 76 Camaro that was beat to shit. Yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, didn't I, I didn't go out and buy a brand new Mercedes or BMW. I bought fucking food.
1: Wow. That was
0: my big purchase was going out and.
1: I'm surprised you don't have like a survivalist shelter type food hidden in your closet just in case. Or do you know?
0: I thought about it. I've got, wi- I got <laughs> wine in my closet now.
1: Yeah. No, because, I mean, <laughs> That's how I they survive. sell them at Costco. They have those survival kits at Costco. And I've seen that they have them at Walmart, too. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, buy those. I'm surprised you don't have just in case. But I just
0: run up to Mount Hood and, you know, Dude, guns and fucking hunt.
1: MREs are fucking gross. Have you ever had an MRE? Yeah. They're just disgusting. They disgusting. My, <laughs> my uncle used to bring them home to us, and we loved them as a kid because we're like, Oh! <gasps> But yeah, they're gross. Yes, ass fucking things. I know. Rehydrate shit with hollow. Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm against this dude already uh, right now because he's fucking... Yeah. You don't fuck with someone's food. Yeah. That's, you know, even practical jokes and everything like that. I don't believe in doing food practical jokes with anybody or anything because you don't fuck with someone's food.
1: Right. Well, and this one also, um, you know, like during... I mean, you hear stories about, like, during World War II, Viet- World War I, and Vietnam War, where they would drop the aid packages from aircraft, yeah. low-flying aircraft. Yep, yep. And these I- items, such as wheat, rice, uh, strips of paper, like, similar to confetti that had writings on them, like, inspirational things. Right. Remember that? Um, it's later revealed that all of these items he was dropping were infected with one disease or another, and all of them were deadly, to say the least.
0: Jesus, what yeah. a fucking piece of So these people are work. think they're
1: getting like aid and they're getting fucking infected.
0: Yeah, you're yeah. sitting and you're starving and somebody, wow, we got like a bunch of rice. Right, we're exactly. We're to be able to eat. And, the, this, and
1: rice goes a long way.
0: Yeah. And this dude's fucking you over. What a,
1: what a fucking mm-hmm. piece of garbage. Exactly. So none of these research experiments held a candle to Ishii's bombs. Those were what placed him at the top of the heap when it comes to bioweapon research. Ishii developed plague bombs. Which with a highly unusual payload. Normally they would use a metal container. However, Ishii had a stroke of genius in a sense. He chose to use ceramic and clay containers so that they would have as wouldn't have as much explosion. And that allowed them to fill them with plagued infected fleas. Say that really fast five times. Oh, shit. That could infect countless individuals. So the fleas and everything wouldn't like die from the explosion. Right. Okay. So since he couldn't imp- improve the traditional methods of spreading black death, Ishii decided his best bet would be to cut out the middleman, so to speak. In other words, he took the rats out of the equation. If he filled these bombs with infected fleas, the ones that survived the explosion would seek out new hosts to feed on and spread the disease to.
0: It's ingenious. It's fucked up. I know. I told you it was genius. it's Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot more sense.
1: Yeah. So the Japanese troops dropped many of these bombs on many of the villages and towns across China during World War II. However, Ishii had an ultimate plan. He called this plan Operation Cherry Blossoms at Night, okay? This operation in which Ishii planned to drop these same types of flea-infested bombs on the United States. I want you to keep this in mind here, just a few minutes, okay? If you were able to follow through with the plan, Ishii would have carried it out In September of 1945. Okay. That's when he would have taken 20 of the 500 (coughs) troops that were arriving in Harbin and put them in a submarine. This submarine would have taken them to the southern coast of California. And that's when they would have manned manned planes and flown it straight to San Diego. And once they were above San Diego, they would have developed the plague bomb, deployed the plague bombs over unwilling unwitting city to top it off the troops were then to take their own lives by crashing their plane into american soil it was a kamikaze mission
0: holy shit yeah
1: so the ironic thing here is the americans struck first i said and then i go well it's not the ironic thing the ironic thing is it was america's true interest in ishii and his research that had a big hand in saving his life (laughs) the war actually ended before the entirety of the operation could be mapped out and come to fruition because America dropped the atomic bombs at Hiroshima and Nagasaki before he could do that.
0: That I knew was coming. Yeah.
1: Then yep. in August of 1945, the order came down to destroy Unit 731 and all the evidence of the research conducted there. Remember when Mengele was told to destroy his research? Yes. And he kept some? Yep. yep. Okay. Ishii did the same thing.
0: Ah, huh, that's a shocker. Yeah.
1: He got his family out of the area and he wanted to make sure all the facilities and the records were destroyed However, um, so there's no way to know exactly how many numbers of victims he had. However, there have been estimates ranging from 200 to 300,000. Jesus. And the deaths from the human experience alone typically fall around 3,000. Okay. However, by the end of the war, any prisoners that were left in the compound were killed.
0: Well, can't get, have yeah. them get out.
1: Well, and that's what they did with, you know. Mengele. Yeah, Mengele yeah. did the same thing. So Ishii was ordered by his government to destroy any and all documentation that pertained to his experiments. However, like Mangale, he couldn't quite part with it. Um, He kept some of his personal lab notes and took them with him to Tokyo when he went into hiding. Okay? That's when the American authorities went to pay him a visit.
0: And they released Godzilla?
1: During their occupation of Japan. No, dude. (laughs) Just asking. Although there were vague reports and rumors coming out of China about the strange disease outbreaks... And plague bombs. None of that was taken seriously. Okay. That was, they weren't taken seriously until the Soviets took Manchuria back from the Japanese. And that's when they also learned enough about Ishii to have a vested interest in him. Okay. So the Jap- the Russians wanted him and the Americans wanted him. Okay. Russians wanted to interview him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Amer- we know how, those go, that, yeah. how that went down. We
1: know how that goes. Yeah. So the Americans got to him before Soviets did. Um, Ishii's daughter said that they used her to translate while they interrogated him about the nature of his work. Um, he tried pretending he had no idea what they were talking about. However, he's smart enough to secure immunity from prosecution, protection from the Soviet Union, and $250, 250 yen, 50,000 yen, excuse me. After getting his terms met, he started talking. Um, When all is said and done before Ishii died, he gave 80% of his data to the United States. The other 20% he kept and took to the grave with him. Okay? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so he negotiated immunity and security. The United States kept its end of the bargain. However, it could have also been done in an effort to maintain the monopoly on all of his research. Um, Whatever the case, the crimes committed by Unit 731 and other facilities were suppressed. American authorities even went so far as to label the whole thing Soviet propaganda at one point, okay? Um, then, yet, they, a top-secret telegraph was sent from Tokyo to Washington in 1947 that has come to the surface, and it explicitly states, experiments on humans were dot, 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 described by three Japanese and confirmed tactical tacitly by Ishii. Ishii states that if guaranteed immunity from war crimes in documentary form for himself, superiors and subordinates, he can describe the program in detail. So he not only wanted immunity for himself, he wanted it for everybody at the facility.
0: Well, yeah, think about it, man. You can't do the work by yourself. It's a good... Okay. Don't hate me, motherfuckers, because I'm out ready to say this, okay? Just hear me out. I
1: hate you already, but go ahead.
0: It's a good business tactic.
1: Oh, he's yeah. got
0: bargaining chips. He bargained for what he wanted. And everybody kind of comes out, maybe not as happy as they want to be. Right. But everybody comes out to a nice medium where that's acceptable. It's business. Right.
1: right. The, well, I say my next sentence that the United States chose to deal with the devil Yeah, in order uh, yeah. to reap the benefit of his information. Um, I still don't know. If it was to keep it out of the hands of the Soviets, because it could have been because they re- wanted results from the research they were unwilling to conduct themselves. So yeah, it's like, do we want to keep this information away from the Soviets or we don't want to do these experiments, but we want the information on what happens?
0: It's not an either or. It's both. It's both. Okay. It's both. both. I mean, because think about it, man. We, we had a beef with the Soviets for a long time. Yeah, since time. before
1: World War I. Right. Yeah.
0: So why give your enemy this information? You, you want to keep that. You want right. to, you know, you want a stronger army. Correct. Because, okay. Wonder who the toughest guy in the world is. The man pointing the gun at you.
1: I was gonna say the one with the power, the one with the well, the one yeah. who's
0: pointing the gun at you. All and I don't care if he's two foot tall or if he's fifty foot tall. He's the strongest man in the world at that point. He's the toughest yeah. man in the world. The same thing, you know, if if we've got, especially when your enemy knows that you have this information, right? Right, right, makes them think twice. It's like, um, we were gonna do this, but yeah. America is kind of a big hillbilly country, and these motherfuckers will drop these fleas on us, and then we're all fucked. Because you ever try to outrun a flea? Yeah, can't you can't, man? Those little motherfuckers are like they're, they're like little ninjas.
1: Right, just when you see one, like, jump on you, you go to grab it, it's gone.
0: Yeah, it's gone. It's like, where yep. the fuck did but you go, man? Like shit going on. Yeah.
1: So, however, the American government soon learned that the most of the research evidence that Ishii Ishi had wasn't nearly as valuable, valuable to them as he had led them to believe. Yet, they were true to their word, and the, he enjoyed immunity. He lived in peace until he died at 67 from throat cancer.
0: Here's the thing. You gotta keep your you gotta keep people guessing. So if you say, Oh no, they gave us information, but it wasn't that valuable. That right. offers up I a thing where else. you're sitting yeah. There, yeah, you're sitting there going, Hey, wait a minute. Uh, right. so well can you smell that? That smells like some bullshit. Right. Uh, right.
1: <laughs> like bullshit. I'm allergic to bullshit. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. So meanwhile, you know, the Russians are sitting there going, I think that they're fucking with us. We better not fuck with them too hard because yeah. they're fucking with us. They've got, because they, they already know. They already know that even a little bit of this information. Right. A tiny fraction of this information, uh-huh. especially anything when it comes to cold weather warfare.
1: Oh, yeah. No doubt, yo. They're fucked. Yeah. They're totally
0: fucked. So, yeah, it keeps your enemy thinking, of it. well, maybe we don't want to really fight, well, fight them. Yeah,
1: because it's like, even so that meant that if our troops went to Russia to fight them, you know, we had all that cold weather warfare information and we'd be able to, even if they lived in Russia, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, yeah. 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 They're, they're up there where it's cold all the time. And, you know,
0: there, there, there's a big difference between having the upper hand on somebody mm-hmm. and everything being completely equal. Yeah. You got to hedge your bets, man. If you, right. If, if everything's completely right. And even if you legal. don't
1: know anything, if they, your enemy thinks you do, that's psychological warfare. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah.
0: Half, half of business meetings is all about psychological well, warfare. Well,
1: that's why you did psychology as a minor, so you could, like, you It know. helps. Yeah. It
0: does help a lot.
1: <laughs> I believe you. So many years later, actually... The North Korean government alleged that the United States dropped similar plague bombs on their country during the Korean War to investigate scientists from Italy, France, Sweden, Brazil, and the Soviet Union with a British embryologist... In the lead toward the affected areas. They took samplings from all around and went back to the labs and had it tested. Their verdict was released in the 50s. They determined that germ warfare had been used on North Korea, as they had claimed. However, the United States also officially classified this information as Soviet propaganda.
0: But, of course, but was it
1: really? We would never do
0: that. Yeah. Because, oh, you know, the information he gave us was just, it's, it's nothing. It's worthless. Trust me. Trust me. Mm-hmm. It was only driven by a little old lady from Pasadena just right up the road to, to go grocery shopping once a week. Those are, you know, I know this car is 50 years old. But, but the
1: Soviets said.
0: <laughs> but, you know, it's only got 100 original miles on it. That's, that's what they're well, doing. It's car sells. You thing. and
1: I grew up in the 80s where, you know, the Cold War and everything.
0: Oh, yeah. Everything,
1: the Russians were a bunch of big old ass liars.
0: Oh, shit, yeah, man. And it's funny when we're talking about the difference between the Soviets because in the Soviet Union at the time, their propaganda was that uh, we're evil Americans, yeah. and we're going to take away their way of life, yeah. and everybody's going to starve to death. And that when people were still starving, yeah, you know, uh, yeah,
1: stand in line for like a uh, slice of bread. A
0: slice of bread, mm-hmm. you know. And over here, we're all, the evil Soviets. They're going to try to yeah. take over the They're world. They're rationing
1: their food, and yeah, and
0: and you know, and they want you to be a communist. And, yeah. yeah. Here's the here's the point between the, the for this one here is that both countries were lying to us all. That's yeah. what the fuck it was. They're yeah. all lying. Motherfuckers!
1: Oh, lime, ass motherfuckers. <laughs> so this leads to uncomfortable questions left unanswered. Maybe we should consider the following when we come to our own conclusion. There are a few things that have come to light that were once considered classified. Okay, In 1951, a document marked classified showed that the U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff issued orders to start large-scale field tests to determine the effectiveness of specific biological warfare agents under operational conditions. Then in 1954, the United States deployed Operation Big Itch, in which they dropped <laughs> flea bombs on the Dugway Proving Ground in Utah. Okay? One thing we do know for sure is that it's well-established fact that Ishii died in 1959. When he died, he was a free man thanks to the deal the devil thought to make with the United States.
0: That's a brilliant deal. It was a
1: brilliant deal. Now,
0: while I'm disgusted by what he did, the man's obviously not stupid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, my question's about Ishii. Ready? Nature. I'm not even there yet. Give me a fucking minute.
0: No, I've been waiting to say that because this motherfucker's 100% nature. Yeah.
1: So, I go, I'm telling our audience now. When I told Scott I was following up my feature on Mangalay with someone that would put him to shame, you were in doubt. Highly in doubt. That was until I told you this man was a Japanese scientist. And then you're like, oh, shit. Because I don't want to get into the horror and atrocities um, Ishii committed against innocent people. However, it doesn't stop me from having a bunch of questions. That first (laughs) one, it's harder with wartime serial killers, but you just said nature.
0: 100%. It sounds like he came from a decent fucking upbringing.
1: Right. And he had a natural desire to learn more about this.
0: Right, and he took his natural desire and said, hey, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to create my own little niche for this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to learn. Nishi huh?
1: had a niche. I'm he kidding. did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, people.
0: And uh, that was a dad joke, by the way. That's my job as a dad joke. <laughs> I know. But, um, and that, and that's exactly what he did. He went out, he, he went right to his top commanders like he had big brass balls. He did. You know, so I admire that. But, yeah, this is 100% nature. I think it's, in. Uh, it was in his nature all along to not just succeed, but to do anything necessary to succeed. And that could come at the price of his friends, his neighbors, relatives. I don't think he can. Anybody. Anybody. Yeah. As Anybody long as he who got in that, his way. Right. As long as he can catch that, that, that next level.
1: Right, right, right. So um, you and I had talked about how the crimes of Mangalay were better known because we were taught about the horrors of the Holocaust in school. Right. Remember that? And do you think that the horrific crimes of Ishii weren't taught because the United States actually actively covered them up?
0: Yeah, because how do you how do you present that to a bunch of teenagers when you're talking about Auschwitz and going, oh, but this this Ishii yeah. guy he did some horrible things too, well, yeah. but. Unfortunately, the government said he, you can be a free man and he didn't have well, to flee to Argentina or anything.
1: Well, and I know for a fact, too, that when I was in school, a lot of emphasis is put on the Holocaust. I mean, we read Diary of Anne Frank. There's a right. big old section on it, but they gloss over the Japanese internment camps in America. Yeah. We did the same fucking thing. We weren't killing them all, but we did the same thing. It's,
0: it's all still propaganda. Yeah. Even to this
1: day. Yeah. You know,
0: and I love my country, but yeah. it's still, you know. We... You
1: still to this day don't hear a whole lot about the Japanese internment. Because it's,
0: it's really easy to point your fingers at the bad guy. Okay? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, like, the, like the Nazis go, well, and, oh, they're yeah. horrible. And that's
1: total deflection, too, because it's like, uh-huh. okay, I'm doing bad here, but if I point out bad over there, they're not going to focus over here. They're going to focus over there.
0: And it's really hard for any government, I believe, to stand up and go, okay, so Ishii here, he did a bunch of bad shit, flea bombs, blah, blah, blah. But he got to live out his life as a free man and didn't have to flee because, no plan intended for the flea, um, because, you know, we struck a deal with him. And he gave us his information, and then we bullshitted everybody by saying, no, it wasn't valuable at all. And, right. and we end up using it.
1: I was going to say, the, my next question was, is do you think that our troops did drop plague bombs on in the 1950s on North Korea? Yeah, I think they,
0: we, we probably did, you yeah. know. but. There's a thing called plausible deniability, and that's what True. the government will always use.
1: Always. Our that's, government always uses that. I that's mean, that's why I never hear I'm, about the
0: UFOs at the halves I was over there. Say, in Area I am 51. a very
1: patriotic person and I support our troops, but I also know that there are some shady dealings in the higher ups. Yeah, no shit, man. There's yeah. stuff that's going on right now that you and I have no fucking idea about. No clue. Yeah, no clue. No clue. Yeah. So when I think of the outrage that I had towards the way South American countries aided hiding Mengele, I didn't know where to begin about the US actively protecting Ishii. You know, it was yeah. well known. They protected that man. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So that's, how do, that,
0: that's why we I'm, never hear about that. I was going to
1: say, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but how do you feel about it? Do you think that they should have offered him immunity and shit? No. Or, yeah. I think that uh, they did the right thing?
0: No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no,
1: no. They should have kept him in like a prison type thing, but. Exactly. Yeah.
0: The, 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 the deal should have been. You give us all your information, and we don't execute you. True. You know, and we don't execute your family.
1: Right. And we don't put you through the Nuremberg trials. We just freaking, you know, you go to fucking Cuba and sit sit in Guantanamo.
0: Yeah, exactly. It shouldn't be like, hey, if you give us all this really cool information, we're going to protect you against our enemies, which we would have anyway. Right.
1: Right. But they, like, let him live his life and freedom. Then you can live your life
0: out, and, you know, you can juggle monkeys or masturbate or do whatever the fuck. (laughs) I don't know what the hell Ishii did. Stick a (laughs) finger up his ass. I don't fucking know. (laughs) You know, you can do whatever the hell you want every day, and that's cool. That's bullshit, man. Yeah. Because I think that, and we touched on this so many times. That laws are laws and punishments are punishments, and it should be the same across the for fucking everybody. board. It shouldn't be that, like, for example, like Mengele, right. sh- You know, they're going, hey, if we get him, he's getting executed.
1: Yeah, he's gonna die.
0: But but Ishi, well, oh, 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 that's different. Yeah, you know, we can't execute because his him. wasn't a
1: pseudoscience; it was a real scientific fact. Yeah, you know, so it's like it's yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. It's just like I mean, and his daughter. Um, I was reading some of her interviews and stuff, and I believe this should be across the board for any daughter and her father, but he was her hero. It's like, to her, he didn't do anything wrong. He was just doing things to better the world. No, I dig. So, you know, which I think I think it's awesome that she felt that way, but at the same time, right? I'm like, really?
0: <laughs> but it could have been that she didn't know the entire story, you know what I mean? That's
1: true, too. That's true, too. I mean,
0: do you tell your kids everything that you've ever done? All the horrible shit. Uh,
1: No, my dad told me a lot of the horrible shit he did. Shut up. (laughs) Don't even say it.
0: (laughs) Have you ever been tied to a (laughs) bed,
1: Tammy? I hate you.
0: (laughs) You know, but it's like,
1: but at the same time, I'm very honest about the fact that my dad was a jerk. You know, I remember standing in line. I mean, in the card section one time for Father's Day. Right. And I'm looking at all these cards, and they're all like, oh, the laughter you gave me, putting me on your shoulders and everything. And I looked at somebody that was standing there, and I go, why don't these ever say what we need them to say? Happy Father's Day, you big dick.
0: (laughs) Exactly. You know? Well, you know, but okay. Let's say, let's go with this. um, Let's say you're a serial killer. Right. Okay? And in your younger years, through your 20s and your 30s, you were hacking people up. You never got caught or anything like that, right? Right. are you going to be sitting around the, di- the dinner table with Bullfrog and your mom, right. and going, "Hey, by the way, little little fun fact: when I was twenty three, I killed a family of four, right. chopped them up, and left them in their base, but they'll never find those." Well, no. look
1: at Bobby Joe Long's daughter.
0: Yeah, you know exactly. He,
1: she was a daddy's girl. Yeah, and you know, and there's another one that I'm going to feature in a couple of weeks, I think. And his daughter idolized him until she found out what he did, and then it was like her whole world came crumbling down.
0: Exactly. So I, I don't fault Ishii's daughter right. for idolizing her dad because, number one, the bond between a father and a daughter is something that it just it it's, goes. It's
1: like no other. Yeah, it's like yeah. no other. Yeah. And I maybe mean, she doesn't
0: have all the information. I mean, we can point fingers at her and say, how could you love him? But at the end of the day, no matter what Ishii did, that's still his mm-hmm. baby girl, man.
1: Right, That's still his daughter. Well, and I know exactly what my dad did to my mom and my sister and everything. But you, don't you know, know what? I loved, loved my dad. Shut up. <laughs> I loved my dad. I mean, I was daddy's little girl, <laughs> and um, even though I didn't know him really till I was eighteen, it's like I kind of hero worshipped him growing up. You know, it's like my dad wouldn't let this happen to me. So I had, you know, and so it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact he wasn't the dad I always wanted. But he was the dad, best dad he could be to me.
0: That makes so, sense. You know, but makes sense. yeah, we
1: had a bond. I mean, like no other in those last four years of his life. It was like that was my dad. That I actually I called him daddy. That's that was my daddy. That makes sense. You so know? what are
0: your other questions? Because I got to pee. That's it. That's it. That's all. Cool it means I can take a pee pee.
1: Yay! I'm glad oh, our oh. listeners know that you have to tinkle.
0: Never mind. I'm done. Um, Tinkling? <laughs> yeah, I'm finished. <laughs> Can't wear these You're pants or use this ever again. <laughs> All right, folks, this has been Brutal Nation. Remember to check out the website at www.twistedbluellc.com. Send us an email to tell, you, to tell me how much you love me, and then there's always her. Damn it. Her. Yeah, whatever. Her. Um, At BrutalNation
1: our oh, at, at twistedbluellc.com
0: twisted yeah. yeah. jesus Christ.
1: you do this a lot you know
0: that's drugs man yeah. don't ever do drugs so oh, fuck your brain yeah, up. yeah and
1: don't forget we picked up we've been picked up by another publication on uh medium so i mean we're getting out there all over medium now yeah so, so
0: check us out on uh, the blogs on medium uh, crime and beat, crime beat which is on medium hub pages and vocal media yeah um oh yeah this show's copyrighted 2021 by Twisted Blue llc all rights reserved We will talk to you boys and girls later. Bye-bye.
1: Bye, everybody.